Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skin off goal. Look at that pass. Haydock! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey's denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Welcome in. Happy Soccer Podcast Day to you. I am Bone. And I am Beam. And we have a tremendous show planned for you today. But we first have to start off talking about the fun we had over the weekend with all of you. We will get to Liverpool and clinching scenarios for your inevitable champs of the Premier League. I will actually say something nice about FC Cincinnati, believe it or not. Shocker. Yeah, that's going to happen on this episode. That's fine. You don't have to. But I I will do it on this episode. And we will talk quite a bit about the, the crew training Will Trap, which was uh, quite shocking. And for a variety of reasons. We'll get into all that in just a second. But Beamer, we had a lot of fun Sunday out of Land Grant. Want to thank them for having us over there as we watched uh, two Premier League games. We were worried we were going to have two scoreless Premier League games yeah. <laughs> after we watched the Arsenal game first. But it ended up being a fun second game between uh, Tottenham and City. Tottenham getting the victory despite getting kind of dominated in the actual game. But they found the goals when they needed to and put away Manchester City, which made a bunch of Liverpool fans who were at the bar happy. But yeah. <laughs> everyone who came out, that was a really fun time. And I'm glad uh, that all of you did come out. If you didn't get to do it, we'll try to do something like that again soon. But that was a lot of fun having everybody out and watching some games yeah it was a good time you know we've been doing this podcast for a little bit now and we've been talking about that and you know brain shopping ideas and all that good stuff bone and to be able to see that come to fruition and the people who listen to the podcast or just soccer fans in general and then come out and all gather in one place you know it was it was pretty cool so thank to everybody who came out there and enjoyed with us and you know ray race for making their great bloody mary and supplying the ribs and the sausage and everything that was going in there and then the bartenders that were wor- working really hard at land grant that morning so it was fun it was a good way to start off super bowl sunday like bone said we got to watch two pretty entertaining games jay rodriguez still can't believe he missed that for burnley late in that game against arsenal but yeah it was it was a blast so hopefully you know we can do something down the road uh, as we kind of continue to grow and build that and the soccer community can come together again. But I, I could not be more thrilled with the way that it turned out. It was fun. Like, you know, any time that you're planning an event, like me and you are sitting yes. here, we're like, well, hopefully people actually show up. Well, we had no and, idea what it would look like. No, like I, I didn't know. I'm like, it may, may just be Bone and I sitting there drinking beer, which would be fine. Like yeah. I would have had a good time doing that. But I was just thinking I'm going to have to spend way more money than I planned because right. I don't feel bad if they opened up and it's just me and you. It would be like, all right, well, I'm going to have to drink a lot more beer to justify this. But Damn it. Yeah, what a, what a cross I would have had to bear for that. But no, thanks to everybody who came out. It was a good time. Uh, there were a few people that just showed up, I think, that just saw – Oh, they're doing soccer? Well, I'll be there and didn't even know about the podcast, so it was good because we got to tell some people about that. Uh, we had some longtime listeners who came out. One of them is uh, Jen, who has uh, – we talked about her on on the afternoon show a bit because she came out to a few bar events and spectacularly lost tra- chances to go see Browns games <laughs> earlier this year. But she's trying to get into soccer, and, and so her and her friend were there. They were talking about you know what soccer team to root for. They were asking me – and I knew that Jen had said before she's a big Beatles fan. And I have to apologize to her because I I think I accidentally made her an, an Everton fan. 
or I convinced her to become an Everton yeah, fan. Same city, but well, you know, no, they're, here's, here's they're the Liverpool guys. I know they're Liverpool guys, but she said she didn't want to jump on like a bandwagon and just be a front runner. She said, I don't want any front running teams. And I said, well, you're a big Beatles fan. They're Liverpool fans. But if you pick Liverpool this year, that's not you don't want to be a front runner. You can't pick Liverpool this year. It was like my buddy who was out there. Like he five years ago, he loved Chelsea, and then he he's like, "All right, well, I'm just a Liverpool guy now." Liverpool, like, okay, <laughs> All right. sure, man, do whatever okay. you want. You don't you know live what? over there. You just pick whoever you want. I will whatever. say, I will say this: even if uh, Jen decides to switch back to Liverpool, whatever, that's fine. But I told her about Everton and explained how close the two teams are and the rivalry, and she said, "You know, Everton, I think I could get behind." She liked the color blue. She likes toffee their nickname okay. so i said hey this is perfect Whatever. match made in heaven right um she's a browns fan so she can be miserable no, she's, being a, she's a steelers fan okay so well. so she's at least got one team that won't totally let her down eh, but from yeah time to time after i drove home i thought man i i really regret telling someone hey here's everton for you but i did i told her about the columbus toffees our guys they mm-hmm. listen to the podcast so we appreciate that so hopefully uh you know everton fans you've got another one another two possibly in your uh in your midst and that is a good thing for them. Now, well, let's talk about Liverpool before we get to crew stuff. Okay. I don't really want to, but I know. Go ahead. I, I just I was looking at how soon they could clinch. They are currently on pace. Just wrap your head around this. They are on pace for 112 points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even, just, it doesn't even calculate. Well, I shouldn't say on pace. That's how many are available to them. Sure. If they just win out the rest of their what 13. Uh, okay, games that's remaining. they're on pace. Okay, yeah, right. They're on that's pace pretty for much, that. Yeah. Now. When could they get a loss? The only one that even looks remotely viable, and then again, you just have to factor in what you saw on Sunday, but they do play Manchester City on April 4th. Okay. That would be their toughest opponent, obviously. That would be the second-place team. That could be where they just that, – that could be where they clinch it all right there. If if there's a three-point you know differential and yeah. they just end up knocking out Manchester City in that game, that could be the – final dagger but yeah but you also look at that too in the intricacies and what is the premier league season and all the big clubs around europe is that you know now starting in a couple of weeks we get champions league dropped on us again so then that becomes the managing of the schedule uh-huh. yes, from the managers and Jurgen klopp and pep and you know it becomes that mind game it's like well we already got the premier league title pretty much in the bag like i it would yes, be the most right. shocking thing in the world if liverpool do not win the title this season i mean that's not like breaking any news or anything but you know then it becomes all right down the road what are we doing in champions league how are my guys feeling what's their fatigue level what what lineup am i going to throw out right. up there so it gets interesting the closer we get towards the champions league then coming back let me give you a, a little because i thought about that so here are the next four games for Liverpool. Now, Liverpool sitting on 73 points as of right now. Manchester City sitting on 51, I believe. They're 22 points up. Okay. The next four games for Liverpool are Norwich, Watford, West Ham, and Burnmouth. I thought maybe I should go back and look and see where they're playing all those games, but it doesn't, doesn't That doesn't matter. That, those are four of the five worst teams in the Premier League in your next four Premier League games. And a team that is the greatest team maybe ever assembled right. in English soccer history. It would be to this sh- point. It would be shocking if they got anything other than full points out of those four games. Mm-hmm. That would put them at 12 more points, which my math tells me 73 plus 12 is 85. That is correct. Manchester City's max points they can get out of the season is 90 <laughs> if they win out. <laughs> so what I'm saying is there is a chance that if 
City drops a game. I went and looked at their schedule. I think they play Chelsea somewhere in there. But otherwise, they, I think they, too, play like West Ham. And I don't know. You can pull it up, Beamer, and double check if you want to. But I don't think theirs is slightly tougher, but it's not like it's impossible either. Um, I'm just saying they got they got West Ham at home this coming Sunday. Okay, This is Manchester City. This is City. And then they're on the road at the King Power Stadium to take on Leicester. Okay, that's right. a tougher then game. Then you drop in the middle there where you have Real Madrid because Champions League. That's another key point we will get to. But yes, they have Real Madrid coming up on the schedule. Liverpool has Atletico Madrid. That is Real Madrid, the number one team in La Liga versus the number six team. That's the difference in what their schedules look like in Champions League. Then so, you get Arsenal and Manchester Arsenal. United. So, okay, <laughs> so, that's that's six points that, for City right there. Again, not that Arsenal and Manchester United are anything similar to what they used to well, be. They're, they're poo is what they are. Fine, but they're not the poo that... Now, I guess you could make the argument, if you really want to be cynical about Liverpool's chances here, is that Norwich, Watford, West Ham, and Bournemouth, and Bournemouth are all playing as hard as they're ever going to play because okay. they're all staying, they're trying yes, to stay afloat. But they're also the dead they're last also, four out of five teams right. in the league. I'm saying this, which schedule would you rather have? Even though Arsenal's not what it's they Liverpool. are. Liverpool. You'd rather have a Liverpool of schedule, course of course. Would. So I'm saying that if they win their next four, if City drops one of their next four, which is entirely possible, what you could be looking at <laughs> is March 16th, the rivalry game with Everton. Okay. Merseyside. Oh, man. That is, now, it's all in Liverpool, but it's at Everton, technically. Okay. They Can you could... imagine Roger Bennett and his mind if that if that Oh, he, yes. He would, so they could theoretically clinch, because oh, then that would be no. if they're on 85 points Poor and guy. City's dropped any points, well, if they've dropped a game, if they've lost a game, that would put their max points at 87. That means then you win that game against Everton, they'd be at 88. They've clinched. It's math. They could clinch it there against Everton, March 16th. Bone, you're talking about a team clenching the Premier League title before March Madness even gets, like, rolling. Right. Like, yes. It's, it's, yes. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. It would be all done as you said far that as there's Liverpool. A, there's 112 points available for them right now, right? Yeah, right. And the way that they've been playing, the form that they've been in, it does not look like they're going to drop any points in the near future unless some something disastrous happens regarding an injury or whatever, right? Right. There's 114 points total in the season <laughs> for anyone starting the year. You play zero games. All right, we got 114 points ahead of us. They're on pace for 112 points. It doesn't make any sense no, what they're doing. It's, it's ridiculous. Right, and and I struggle to find. I mean, they wrap up the season, does Liverpool, with Arsenal, Chelsea, and Newcastle. Again, those are not terrible teams. Sure. They're not – Chelsea's better, obviously, but – Arsenal's not what they usually are, and Newcastle is clearly very up and down. So I'm not saying any of those couldn't happen, but I'm saying, like, what's the chances they get, like, well over 100? You know, what's the chances they drop any games this year? Like, that's where you have to start. Once you get past when are they clinching, then it becomes the man management stuff. Are you I, I are you more concerned? And I think they would be with winning Champions League again, two time defending Champions League, and you've locked up winning England. Win the double, yeah. Would you though like to be the best historic team ever by having like domestic leagues in all of Europe? It may be that no one does what Liverpool is able to do this year. So I think they'll have to if anything, and I don't think there's much of a choice for me, I'd much rather go try to be defending two time, you know, Champions League champs and also win England in mid-March and be done with that. And then who cares if you don't get the untouchables thing? Who cares if you don't 
you know, uh, the undefeated thing. Who cares if you don't break every record as far as points goes? That's okay. Just get it locked up and win your first league title in 30 years. Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's a few ways to look at this. But for me, what Liverpool are doing is something that, you know, we rarely see, if ever, you know, going back. And I think they've, they've what, won 41 straight games or they haven't dropped points in 41 straight <laughs> games or like something, something crazy Good like night. that. You know, when you're yeah, talking about Liverpool in the Premier League. And so, you know, you're watching this team unfold. And I think that that's absolutely a feeling that, you know, you can have is what do you want to go after? And obviously everything is still on the table for Liverpool. And, you know, you don't have to decide that now. But if those guys get in a room and the way that they're competing right now on the field, if I'm in that locker room, in which I'm not because I'm fat and I'm slow and I don't play in the Premier League, but whatever. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, just in case you we were, were all wondering. unsure. <laughs> and so I think you get to a point where you have done this, where you have gotten so far into a season where you have played a majority of your games already and you have by far looked like the best team in all of Europe and the world. And I think it almost then becomes a personal pride thing of saying, well, we're so close to doing it. Let's just push all our chips into the middle of the table. We got the Champions League last year. Let's do something that no one has ever accomplished. Right. And, you know, becoming like getting 108 points, 109 points, 110, whatever it is, literally setting records every single time you go out and play a game. And so I think that it would be hard to tell a group of guys as motivated as Liverpool is this year, and whether that's Jurgen Klopp or whoever inside the club who is making these decisions and who to put on the field that day is that I would find it very hard to believe that the Liverpool first team wouldn't take it personally if they're not put out in every single Premier League match mm-hmm. because they have sure. something, they have a chance to They've do something it. historic, let alone, I mean, the, the title that they're going to win is historic in its own right because it's been 30 years since they've won the league. But then to do it in this sweeping fashion, it would be something that would never be forgotten. You're talking about the Invincibles of Arsenal, and then you're talking about, I don't even know, if Arsenal is the un- Invincibles, I don't know what you could put Liverpool on if they're going to this point and only tying one game because that's yeah. where they're at right now. It's it's unbelievable to even think, but I would imagine that you know those eleven guys, fifteen guys who are regular regularly in the squad and getting ro- rotated in, that they would be they would have a hard time being left out of some of their English games and trying to just decimate the Premier League. By the way, do you remember how many games the Invincibles? Uh, tied in that I, year? It was like 11 or 12, yeah. wasn't it? It was, yeah, I, I looked it up. It was 12. Yeah. You're, we're talking about if Liverpool ties, has four draws this year, I'd be shocked. Right? Like, oh, if, yeah. If, like going the rest of the year, if they get to five, if their record is whatever, 33, 33 and 5. Yeah. I'd be shocked if it's that. And that's like, Seven fewer than one of the greatest teams of Premier League history. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't it, make sense, it man. It doesn't compute, man. Well, that's so. If you if you say, why do you guys always talk about Liverpool on this podcast? Trust me, Beam doesn't want to do it. Beam is a Manchester United fan. I don't really have a dog in the fight. I mean, I have respect for Liverpool, but I don't have a Premier League team. My team is in the third division. I'd love to talk about other storylines. What we're witnessing here is unprecedented, and so that's why I feel like it's worth talking about. I'm to the point now where. I just, it's just, I am so apathetic towards the entire situation where, like, the hate in, is gone because they've they've just what do you pushed, say to they've, it? They, what do you exactly, say to they've it? just pushed everybody so far away to the side yeah. that why should I get my hopes up and hope that they lose a game? I, I don't, I doesn't, don't know. doesn't matter There's, to me. Yeah, 
Right. It's nothing. That's the other thing that I guess there is the risk of in this country and elsewhere with the Premier League. I don't think it's a big one because I think most soccer fans are still saying, well, I don't care. I want to watch all the games. But you do risk losing some fan interest when you go, well, who's going to top Liverpool? What are they? Who's going to stop them? Well, I think what it'll do to, you know, to that point, it will be cause and effect. Right. Because yeah. we we saw Liverpool do it this year. They tried as hard as they possibly could. And City clipped them at the last minute last year to win the title. But I think now understanding that what they're doing is unprecedented and what they're doing it hasn't been seen before is that it will cause an arms race in the Premier League. Like it's in, gonna in, be and I know that, you know, City has spent whatever, six hundred million dollars in the past, you know, five years or whatever on players. You got Pep out there whining about their guys and Manchester United not hitting on anyone and, you know, Chelsea and Arsenal. Like it will cause a massive panic in the rest of the league because they're like, well, how are we going to compete with this? So what's that? What's what that is going to do is one of two things. Either it was it will cause severe overspending for players who don't fit your system, and the teams will be worse off because of it. Or you will see four, five, six teams in the Premier League next year just have all have keys to the nuke and ready to just be like, all right, we're here. We're going right. to challenge Liverpool. So I'm going to be fascinated, you know, when we get to the offseason, we get to the summer transfer window, how all these teams react to what Liverpool eventually does at the end of the season. Speaking of the arms race, and, I mean, we'll we'll get to uh, some MLS stuff in a second, but I, I didn't even think to put this on the sheet, but I have to bring it up. The arms race this summer for Erling Holland is going to be frigging ridiculous. Never heard of him. I don't know who you're <laughs> talking about. <laughs> for those who are not paying attention, Manchester United had a, had a looky-loo at old Erling Holland when he was available in the winter transfer window. He did not go to Manchester United because they balked, I believe, at his $20 million asking mm, price. Yeah. A player who very likely this summer could be sold for well over $100 million by Borussia Dortmund. As if, he should be. If they choose to. I mean, they may just say, hell, why would we do that? We may, They may win the Bundesliga this year the way he's playing with him yeah, and we'll Sancho. sell him to Bayern down the line for $180 mil. Right, is, you've always got that option. Do that. Just, that's just money in the bank. You always know you can do that. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him, but my God. The fact that Manchester United could have had that kid, who is now, if you're not paying attention, scored seven goals in his first three games, hey. two of which he didn't even start. He had a hat trick in one game that he didn't even start, and he had a, I think, a couple this past week. Yeah, he he's just fun to watch. Manchester that, United though, Odiana Gallo coming yeah. over, old Watford player. Okay, get ready for it. Scored thirty goals in the Chinese league. Watch <laughs> out, Erling Holland. Here they come. <laughs> thirty Chinese league goals is equivalent to how many in the Premier League? We'll find out. One. We don't know. One in the remaining games. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I do know this, though. Borussia Dortmund, if you're not a Fox Soccer or a FS1 person that watches like the Bundesliga on there, you might just put a notification on your phone anytime they're playing to check and see if it's on FS1 or 2 and give it a look-see. You it's, know, it's worth it's worth a watch watching that, that offense right now. I'm not saying their defense is spectacular, but their offense is just ridiculously fun. What I also really enjoyed about the watch party on Sunday is, you know, getting to talk to people and you know, what kind of soccer they consume and you know, everyone there was obviously interested in the Premier League, but you know, everyone kind of has their own like secondary league that they like to watch, yeah. whether that be MLS yeah. or you know whatever. And you know, I was sitting across to a, across from a couple of guys who were who were City supporters, and I was asking them, I was like, yeah, you know, what what else are you are you guys watching? Are you just mostly you know Premier League fans or what? And they were both big crew guys and season ticket holders, and that was awesome sure. to hear from that. But they were both like, yeah, you know, I just I. 
I can't get enough of the Bundesliga. Like it's fantastic. It's, it's fun. fun. Like, you know, everything is good. And I was like, what about like Spanish soccer or like Serie A, like any of this stuff? Like, no, man, that's like boring. I just can't, I can't watch it. Players flopping and all that stuff and making dramatics of it. And then I kind of thought to myself and I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of the same way. Like I don't consume very much, very much Spanish soccer, very much Italian soccer. I don't know why. It's mostly German and it's mostly mostly English. Like those are the two that I'm really mm-hmm. kind of locked in on what's going on on a week to week basis. I I am with you on that. I have tried the through ESPN Plus to get into they more do the Syria, right? Syria, yeah. And La Liga, I just don't I don't often find it reliably. I think that might be on ESPN Plus or it's also it's on, in, it's, ES- on it's also it's on, on regular ESPN like news or something. And then BN does like a lot oh, yeah, of the yeah. La Liga games. Yeah, I was watching I, I think Valencia against Barcelona and Valencia beat them two nothing, which was very cool to see. I mean, that doesn't rarely happen, but yeah. yeah, you have uh you got Ray Hudson on the yes. coverage of, Ray Hudson of, is of BN and a whatever legend. Leo Messi does anything, I mean he's about ready to explode. Like his head just Pops out of his shoulders. Ooh, glorious goal. Yes, he's. I can't even do a good. Magisterial strike. Yes. From the Argentinian Wonder Boy. That's what we need to do at the next watch party is just a, yeah, we, should, we need to do a Hudson sound alike and just see how many people can come up and, <laughs> that would be and great. nail that. That'd be a lot of fun. Um. So, yeah, Bundesliga, though, I am with you on that. I, I will say this. I regret not watching as much as I watch. So I, I watch MLS quite a bit. I watched Premier League, obviously, Champions League stuff, and Bundesliga. I really wish Liga MX had more of a a place, and I I think part of it is just finding the games. Because, sure, but but I know it's like just a lot avail- of them, the best ability is availability. A lot of them's on. A lot of them are on uh, Univision, I think. Correct. So got to go up to Cuckoo's, visit my guys up there. They always watch it see, up in Henderson. I, yeah, I just need to get. I need to. I have found a couple accounts that do follow Liga MX that are in English. That helps. Just if you're always hitting the translate button sure. after a while it's like okay i'm not sure what if this is accurate what they're what i'm seeing is that am i getting the full story understanding it but yeah that's uh for sure that's something that i need to do more of actually i'll give them a shout out if you are someone who's a spanish language speaker or you at least can you know bilingual whatever you do or al, you're willing to learn yeah al angulo is a podcast that is a crew podcast in spanish that a couple of crew fans started this offseason. That's great. So if you're looking for some content there, I'll give them a plug because they're good dudes. And it's nice that there's, you know, more uh, more appeal to Spanish-speaking community in the city, I think, is fantastic. That's what the crew should be doing. And this is something done by the fans, but either way, it's getting to the same end result. Um, so let's talk about FC Cincinnati real quick. I'll tell you something that I like that they're doing this offseason, but I hate it because I think this is a really good signing, and that's a problem as a crew fan for me. Uh, so they're signing, and this has been since announced, Jurgen Lakaja is coming to FC Cincinnati. Now, who is this guy? Well, he is a younger player. I shouldn't say young, young, but he's 26 years old. Uh, he had been on loan from Brighton to Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga. In 11 appearances there, he had four goals and an assist. Okay. But this is a guy that Brighton paid $20 million to pluck Look. away from PSV uh, a couple years ago. So this is an Eindhoven player who had been through their youth system, come up through that system, and that's the type of caliber two years ago that he was, was a $20 million transfer into the Premier League, and then it hasn't worked out quite the way they wanted, surely, but doesn't look like he's going to be a terrible player. Looks like he's going to be a guy who can actually get it done. Uh, he's a forward. He's going to probably sit – I think they're going to give him the 10 shirt, but they. I was listening to an interview with him, and he said he likes to sit right behind the striker and okay. kind of play off – 
on the wing a little bit, so I'm not sure exactly where he'll fit in tactically, but that's a good signing I think signing he'll manage. That's a good signing for them. I did hear this, though. This is why I bring it up. Aloy Room, who, of course, also has his ties to you know Dutch soccer, of course, crew goalkeeper. And Bonham Beam United. And Bonham Beam United. We have talked to him. <laughs> that's right. My guy, Aloy. Jur- well, Jurgen Lakaj just said in a recent interview that when he was – he was asked about why – I like this, too, because this is a guy who's playing in Europe who has – now, he's not a David Beckham or a Leo Messi or any of those, that you know, Zlatan. But people all the time say, who wants to come play in Ohio? Who wants to come be in Ohio? Blah. Well, this shows you between this and Lucas Zellerion, you pay a guy enough money, he'll want to come play in mm-hmm. Ohio. And this guy, though, he said he his first call when he's Excuse me, when his You're agent right. said, you okay over there? I had one of your moments where I thought I was just going to stop talking and completely my brain was going to stop working. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, Jurgen Lakaja said when he got the call from his agent that, hey, we're looking at FC Cincinnati and MLS in Ohio, are you up for this? Do you want to go? He said he called Aloy Room because he knew he was playing for the crew. Yeah. And he said, hey, how's Ohio? How's MLS? And Aloy Room vouched for the state and vouched for the quality of MLS. And he said, because I knew Aloy Room was there, I wanted to go play in MLS. That's awesome. So, well, here's the thing. Initially, I think, Aloy, why are you telling this guy, he should come here to play against the rival. You know that game. You've mm-hmm. been in that rival. You you played in Hell is Real. And then I thought about it. You got to be galaxy brain on this because Aloy Room knows this guy. Mm-hmm. And he probably thought, oh, yeah, Jurgen Lakaja, you've got the resume, but I've played against you. Come to MLS. I got your number. Come play, come play in the Hell is Real derby. Let's see what happens when you've got to take a penalty against me. Yeah, I'm thinking he knows something here that – Oh, yeah, you, you need to come and play in MLS, but maybe he knows that that's not going to be a threat. Could I do, it be? I, I do think it is very cool, though, where you've got these players coming over who aren't familiar with Ohio at all. and Really, you know, the geography of the U.S., I mean, it's massive, massive country, right? Right. And they're coming over here and vouching for it and everything and their time. And right, Aloy Room hasn't been here very long, but for him to say that and kind of give that stamp of approval for the mm-hmm. state I think is is very cool. But one last thing on this is that – I don't know if it still happens, but I do remember, you know, growing up, I went to Centerville down in Dayton and PSV would fly over some of, you know, their players. And I don't know if it was their first team players or, you know, whatever it was, their coaching staffs. And they would always have like a youth camp in Dayton. And so I don't know. I I don't know if, you know, Lakaja had come over before and like experienced some of that and liked it, you know, in his prior years with them and then you know, decided to go there. But I do think that that is pretty cool that you have these big international stars who are now coming over and saying, all right, you know, this is this is pretty good. I can, I can see myself making a home here. And I've always said that about Columbus or whether it be at Cincinnati, whatever. Like, yeah, if, it's if a good part of the country to be in. If for you're sure. worth millions of dollars, like you just walk down the street and have your money and not be, you know, pretty much come out like gangbusters where there's going to be paparazzi and people asking for your autograph. Like, what a way to live that would oh, be. Oh, sure, yeah. No, there. well, and there's a there's a, <laughs> there's a different vibe in these cities than, like, in New York or in Los Angeles. There's always going to be paparazzi following you around. You're just not going to have that in, you know, middle America. You're sure. not going to have that in Ohio for the most part. And even if they are, like, a big star, like David Beckham when he comes to town – you know, when he has come down the past or Zlatan or whoever, like people are going to pay attention a little bit. But if you live here and are in this community after a while, I mean, oh then, yeah, there's Zlatan. Cool. Right. I mean, I think there's a little bit to that. There was a story about Pat Mahomes and I know Kansas City is different than Columbus where Pat Mahomes was at a pizza place with his girlfriend 
girlfriend or fiance. I'm not sure. I don't know. But either way, they were there. It was in Kansas City. It was a couple weeks ago, and everybody in the pizza place knew who he was. But he, well, he is tells, Pat Mahomes. Right. Yes. He told the story that he said no one came up to him, no one bugged him for a photo because they saw he was eating. They were polite. And then after he got done with his meal, he got up to leave, and his uh, girlfriend did as well. And as they're walking out the door, he said, hey, thank you all for letting us just have a night where we could just, you know, let our hair down, be ourselves, and not have to, you know, thank you for all being polite and letting us enjoy our meal. He left, and then every person in that room said they found out later that he had taken care of the bill for the entire restaurant. What a guy. Now, I'm not saying that's what Jurgen Lakage is going to do or anything like that. Aloy Room would do that, though. Of course he would. That's <laughs> every crew player would. But that is that is the benefit of living in a town like this is eventually you get into the fabric and even if you become a star that everyone knows, yeah. eventually that's still there's a level of politeness that exists that's just a little different than in New York where everyone is trying to make some name for themselves or whatever. Not that people don't hear, it's just it's a different attitude. It's different, different man. It's, just, it's and different it's, culture. And it's why we like it here. Please don't come here if you're like <laughs> if you're like a tech guy from out west. You're like, oh, is Columbus the new tech guy? No, no it's not. Stay over alone. there. Stay don't have, definitely don't have silicon deposits here. Leave us alone. We're good. All right. Speaking of a guy who is a Columbus uh, legend who is now leaving, so Will Trap, I'm sure, also feels strongly about Columbus and loves it. Yep. But uh, he is on his way to Inter Miami CF dot org, whatever we're calling them. <laughs> whatever. Gov. He's going to Miami. That's yep. what I'm going to say. So playing for Bex. Yeah. This is a guy who has for years wanted the move to Europe. And I think a couple years ago could have had it, but didn't take it in part because I think there was something to, I think there was something still with wanting to make sure he wasn't leaving Columbus in dire straits with save the crew stuff. That would have been a really tough blow of right in the middle of all that. Will trap is just gone. You know, that would have probably hurt even though it's his right to do it. Unfortunately, last year did not go the way he wanted. Yeah. Not the way the team wanted. Uh, the reports are that he was they they tried to get him a transfer because he obviously wanted to go. They couldn't find a taker. They did try, I believe, with Vancouver. There was a there was a trade on the table. It didn't end up working out. Um, but he said in an interview that it was kind of inevitable. Looking at the roster, looking at where everything's going with Caleb Porter, uh, I don't believe he and Caleb Porter totally saw eye to eye on the style of play. The the way that they wanted to go about this. Yeah. And it's natural, right? New coach comes in, he's going to want guys who do the system the way he wants. Even though they obviously have a long history together. They do. But I, I was thinking about that because people brought up, well, how did Caleb Porter and Will Trapp not get along? Or or to whatever extent they didn't sure. you know, work out together as a coach-player tandem when they had that success at Akron. And my thought on that is, are you the same person you were in college? Are you the same employee, employer, whatever, boss as you were 10 years ago? Eight years ago? Yes. <laughs> no. no. No one. Most people are not, right? <laughs> so Caleb Porter's management style could be a little different than it was at Akron. Could sure. be exactly the same. But maybe Will Trapp has changed a little bit. He's become more mature. He's become his own entity of a soccer player. He's not a college kid right out of high school. And so he may look at – and also their game – like his game was molded, Will Trapp's was, by Greg Berhalter, not really by Caleb Porter. Yeah. Caleb Porter helped him in college, but – Will Trapp molded his game under Greg Berhalter, and that's made him a bit of a Greg Berhalter player that has a different role, especially at defensive mid, than what Caleb Porter wants. So I don't really see it as being a bad thing for anybody involved here. Caleb Porter, I don't think, is evil. I don't think Will Trapp is 
wrong to want to leave. I think this is just a natural function of their two separate ideas of what this soccer team looks like. Yeah, I think you you look at this situation, right, and Will will forever be remembered you know, for what he did with the crew and the great time that he gave this city. And, of course, coming from Gahanna, I mean, right down the road, crew cat, like everything you can yes. think of, right? Like, And I think that's why it, you know, this one hurts is because that was your guy and – you know there was there were rumors of course this past summer that he would be he would be moving on and there was rumors a couple years ago that he would be moving on and i i feel like why it's so why it's such a such a shock to the system is because you kind of get, get through all of that the team is saved you're like okay we got of course you know a great player and crew legacy our own guy who has been molded here he's from here he, of course, wears the Save the Crew armband, like does everything for the city. Right. You know, he bleeds black and gold. Like you kind of got through everything and you're thinking, all right, this is going to be our guy. And then really just poof out of nowhere because his name has, hadn't really been linked to anywhere and all that stuff. So I think I think personally, Bone, that's why it's hurting a lot of crew fans is because you did. Like you went through a lot of trial and tribulations with Will Trapp and he was great for you. You know, of course, like you said, last year, probably not the way that anybody envisioned that going. And you're thinking, all right, Caleb Porter, they're going to have some, you know, rapport because they were obviously the coach and the player in college and the teammates and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I really truly think that, you know, Columbus was hurting from this just because they had felt like, all right, we've kind of gotten over the mountaintop. We're heading down into the valley now. And all of a sudden, one of your one of your best, most beloved players who has done a lot for your city and organization, you know, kind of overnight is just is gone and there's no there's nowhere for him to talk to. Like right. it's just now he's with Miami. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. kind of a, just a shock to the system. I think what a lot of people, to your point, were hurt by was the fact they I think a lot of people may have thought, okay, Will Trap could be transferred out, but he didn't get in really into the transfer deadline and will or no i guess technically it would have counted if it had gone through but didn't matter because this was going interleague so it's not part of that but the the thing that i think most people expected was if there's going to be an announcement it will be he's going to some other league in europe he's not you're not going to see him this year i mean july 5th miami comes to columbus Will Trap will, unless he's hurt or something, be playing on that team. And he will get a hell of an ovation. He'll get a great ovation, yes. But I think that's where people are kind of hurt by this is why did they have to trade? If they if he was just going to stay in MLS, why not keep him here? I think a lot of people initially thought Caleb Porter ran him out of town. And I don't I don't buy that. I think Caleb that 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 just is not that's putting a very blunt that's you need to do like a very surgical little dissection of what happened and then that's someone just walking with a hammer and smashing the frog in biology class like it's not that's not accurate to what I think happened I think Caleb Porter looks at this team and rightfully so says I want players at every position who fit exactly what I'm looking for and I think Will Trapp was a bit in between what he wanted at defensive mid he's going to have two defensive midfielders this year Darlington Agby is your six is going to be a guy who's good at winning the ball but is also really good at once they get the ball turned over he can get you going the opposite direction and set up quick stuff to keep it moving and is going to be a lot further up the field. Artur, while not having the greatest season last year either, second half of the year he actually came on and was playing pretty well at defensive mid, and he was a lot more physical. And I think he's got the potential to become the more physical player 
Whereas Will Trapp has always been, I mean, he's not not quite Pirlo, certainly. I mean, that's high lofty standard, but that type of positional player behind, you know, a couple of protection guys who are going to be physical, yeah. a deep lying playmaker, that's I think more where his game focuses. That's more certainly what Greg Berhalter wanted out of that. Of course, it fits more Berhalter system than it does <clears throat> Caleb Porter's. So what are you supposed to do? If you've been told by your former employer, this is the type of player I want, he's become very good at playing that position, new employer comes in and says, well, I don't need that. I need this or that, and you're not either of them. Yeah. It wasn't like Caleb Porter walked in and fired him the me- the minute he walked through the door. They played all last year with Will Trapp on that team. Yeah. Now, there were a lot of injuries, too, but that that is a team that he captained that lost 13 out of 15 games. I'm not blaming Will Trapp for that, but I am saying you can't say Caleb Porter didn't give it a try. You can't say the crew didn't try to make this work and Will Trapp didn't try to make They all tried to make it work. I don't think it fit systematically with what Porter wants to do, what Will Trapp's game is. So that's, <coughs> to me, why it made sense to move on. I just, I'm with you. I, th- I would have thought if he's going anywhere, he's going to Europe. I wouldn't have expected him to go to Miami, but... The other reason people – I know people were looking at the numbers and saying he got $100,000 back. That's it for Will Trapp in an international spot? Yeah. They can get 200000 more, I think, if it works out performance-wise. Will Trapp is on a $600,000 contract this year. That's big in MLS. And he is a, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. So he can go to any other MLS team, let alone he can also go to any other team in the world if he wants to. So the team that's going to bring him in and pay him $600,000 – knows they really don't have an inside track to necessarily sign him. So what are they going to trade for that? You're getting one year of wheel trap guaranteed. You're not going to give back much for that. because, no. But for the crew, it does free up the 600000 there, plus the extra 100000 plus an international spot. $700,000 to go towards an international player if they wanted to, if there's a guy out of contract that they like or somebody in the summer that they want to grab, that's not nothing in MLS. Prez so, Bez currently down in Buenos Aires right now. Scout, oh, yeah? let's scout the next one. There you go. I don't so, know. Could be. Who knows? I think he's probably uh, in Cancun with the training that they're doing. Nah, but don't way. let him fool you. All right, fine. Whatever. I don't know where he is. But the point where is. Where in the world is Tim Bezbachenko? Yes. And buried How could you know, Bone? Quickly before we leave, buried in the story, or not in that story, it came out right before the Will Trapp story broke, was that Columbus is getting USL team next. Or shouldn't say USL team. They're getting crew two. The okay. crew are going to field a reserve team next year. It will likely play in either the top USL League or the secondary USL League. So either a second tier or third tier team. But they will play at Mafre even after the crew go on over to the new stadium. Good. So you will still be able to watch Mafre. I did see in that article they said they're taking the top off of Mafre. Like the top level of seats are just sure. going to be gone. So you'll come in at the concourse level. And, and then, then you're just good to go. That's the top of the stadium now as opposed to having a whole second good. deck. Yeah, you're not going to need no. 20,000 seats for that place. And now, if you're ever pining for more soccer, you want to see like... You got it. Well, they've got the depth on this team now. I was just going through it. You've got Fernando Adi is a forward that they brought in who is an obviously great MLS player a few years ago. We'll see how he can do here. He's going to be your backup forward. you got that Chris Cadden guy from Europe, from England that you brought in who's a Scottish national. You've got Derek Etienne Jr. They just signed... Uh, this week, Haitian, so that's right? Yes, yeah. He's and he's he's a solid player, an MLS player who has some some pace. He's going to be great, uh, like a great substitute. I think sure. I like that. 
Abubakar Kade is still one of your best center backs that isn't probably going to play a ton this year because you just brought in Vito Wormhor and Jonathan Mentz is still there and Josh Williams is still there. Uh, Eunice Mokhtar, who knows where he's going to play on the wing, but now him and ATN. Those Got are, a lot of guys. Yeah, and then Aiden Morris, they just signed a defensive bit. Like, I'm looking at this going, if they had a reserve team this year, I would be very interested to watch those guys play a full 90 minutes. Yeah. I'd watch that. So, yeah, I, I can see the USL team being a lot of fun. I don't know if it'll be on TV, if it'll be streamed, but whatever. That means you just have to go to the game. Probably of course. pay nothing and go watch some soccer. Yeah, eight bucks and then a $10 beer. You'll be good to go. I, I love it, right. <laughs> and you save $2 for probably what will be parking. I'm sure right. parking will just be $2. It won't be expensive. Exactly. That's how it always works there. All right. Anything else from you? Not really. All right. Cool. Well, I don't know. Do you have anything else? No. I'm I'm tapped out. Okay. I got to go do a three-hour radio show. I know. How's your voice doing? Not good. But that's fine. (laughs) It's not not been good for years, so it's fine. Uh, That's it for us. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for coming out to the Bone and Beam Watch Party and for listening to Bone and Beam United. Keep on (laughs) soccering. I don't know. Keep doing that. Keep doing the soccering. Words to live by. Keep on. Keep on soccering. I ate myself. There you go. We're done. You've been listening to Bone and Beam United. 